1: Right, Hello, everybody. We're here for another episode of Explain Yourself. Uh, we have a great career with us tonight, Caleb Thuzet. Um, who's going to talk about his book, The Neverland. But I'm your host, Benjamin Morse. I'm here with Joey Galvez. And What's uh, going we're on? excited to talk about this book. So, Caleb, yeah. thanks for coming on the show. And uh, give us a quick yeah. pitch uh, on your book, The Neverland.
2: Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah. Um... So this is issue four of my Neverland series. It's uh, basically a standalone sequel to the original Peter Pan novel, but it's about a kid growing up uh, during a global pandemic, his mother falls ill during the pandemic and he escapes to neverland one night and finds that the magic is all lost from the island and it's mm-hmm. turns into this epic quest of him essentially figuring out what happened between that original novel and now for the magic to be lost and kind of trying to repair uh the magic that has been lost from the island yeah,
1: sounds it's, cool.
2: yeah it's inspired by 80s fantasy movies and a lot of stuff that I loved growing up. I just wanted to make something for a new generation of kids and parents, and tried to make something unique and different with that with that mythology that we're all familiar with with Peter Pan.
1: Yeah, that sounds like a great angle on it. Which is, you know, I'm always looking for in stories like what's the what's the central question, or like what's the thing that's going to keep me. You know, it, maybe the art looks nice. Maybe the cover was cool. Maybe I like the things it's playing upon or the genre. But if there's like a question that I need answered, that's what really, you know, keeps I think people coming back. So it's uh, it's cool. Like there've been so many people picking up these kind of, you know, public domain, you know, sort of mm-hmm. mytholo- mythological properties. Um, but I think that's a really cool twist on it. And um, I'm going to throw the campaign on screen here real quick and make oh, yeah, it full for screen. Sure. Um, So we can see some of this great art Um, because I noticed you have a a really nice art team uh, on this book. Um, Really nice art, really great colors. Um, And that that's looking great. So um, tell us a little bit about, um, I guess you've done issues one through three and you're, this is, is this the, is for the end of the story or is this um, just another chapter and it's going to be a few more issues from now?
2: So this will be five issues total um we're getting to like the main meaty action goodness of this story and um so issue four is really like where it really ramps up um it's every issue basically gets better and better as far as i'm concerned uh as far as the action and the reveals and i can't wait to get through this one and everybody see the the grand arc at the end but this is this is 4 we've done Three are completely finished. Four, we usually have about half of it finished uh, with inks and pencils and stuff before we launch. And then, mm-hmm. you know, the the Kickstarter's here to help us you know, fund getting the rest yeah. of it finished. Uh, but Marcelo's been working with me for a long time. Uh, he's done Nook, which was released on SourcePoint Press last year, which is a World War II ghost story. Mm-hmm. he did that with me he did a sci-fi series called Flytrap with me and uh he's doing this and so we've been working together for many years now um he just his he, we keep challenging each other to do something cooler and cooler with with these books and he never ceases to amaze me with the covers um uh my friend uh, Daniel Hill did the variant on this one, but as you can mm-hmm. see on the left there, that's the actual original or the official cover by Marce- Marcelo mm-hmm. Fiat. And uh, my favorite one he's done so far, but uh, Robert Nugent, who does the colors for us, he did the colors for this cover too. He's, uh does a lot of stuff for Source Point Press, and he's pretty well known. He's actually just uh, started working on spawn kills every spawn yeah i saw that so which is ridiculous but so he's kind of like on the cusp of leaving us all behind but (laughs) (laughs) but he he vowed that he will finish the neverland with us so i'm excited Mm -hmm. to have him for the at least the last two books before he decides to ghost us after this no <laughs> but he's been doing the colors he did the colors with us on flytrap to Marcel and mm-hmm. myself uh but you can see i pulled out some panels here gave you a little bit of the story um and then you get the big blown up beautiful cover that Marcel and robert put together mm-hmm. uh went through some basic rewards but i want to get down to show you the variant covers which uh, well, let me let me stop here for a second. So Howie Noel, who's a guy I met through doing some live shows a while ago, um, he has been doing these pinups for us every campaign, and they're exclusive to backers on the Kickstarter. So every time you back a single issue of Neverland, you get you would get one of these pinups, and it's like a collected. Mm-hmm. little series of cool pieces of pop art that he did for us, and there's going to be a fifth one, so it's like a, mm-hmm. going to be a nice little collection of sweet art that he put together.
1: Cool, And you
2: can pick up all the old ones, too, on here. I tried to make it... I, I don't have a ton, but I want to make it available if people like that kind of stuff. And then yeah. I have my other books. Marcelo's doing some sketch covers, but uh, you can get all of the other books that we've worked on pretty much through here. There's Marcello's other official covers for the issue one, two, and three. And then I'll kind of wanted to relate what things kind of inspired my writing and story for this 80s fantasy movies and mm-hmm. Sandman and Lock the Key. But the we do an 80s fantasy film homage cover. We've been I've been working with a few different artists for these, but Stan Yak did the first. Uh, cover there for that's like the Neverending Story. And my friend Sean Langley, who's another Ohio artist, did uh, the Willow and Kroll covers for us. And then our new one, Daniel Hill, just blew me away with this uh, Labyrinth mm-hmm. homage cover, which is honestly like my favorite piece of art that's come out of the series. It just, <laughs> it's awesome. But it it's is awesome. really
1: cool. So, I mean, one of the <laughs> things I think is really cool about seeing all this is. Um, and I, I think the thing that really popped out and, and kind of speaks to this point is the color being really strong. Uh, it looks like you're kind of taking a, you know, we're not just continuing the story of you know, St. Peter Pan or even like what you see in Hook and, um, you know, really carrying it through a logical, you know, what you'd expect would be the next stage of that story or that world. But, you know, you're, it's kind of taking a dark turn in, in that the magic is all gone and it's a little bit more adult in terms of mm-hmm. its viewpoint. But I think that the color and the, the magic, not specifically magic, but the, the things that make you like that world, if you liked the Disney movie, if you liked Hook, um, the colors are bright and vivid. The world seems interesting, even if it's not you know, magical per se. Yeah, like
2: one A- of the fun things I've actually worked with Robert on when we started this series is that when he gets to the island first, I wanted to make sure that it was not the vibrant world that he's familiar mm-hmm. with. So the first issue, there's not. It's very dulled down. And then, like when when you get flashbacks of the original uh, novel in there, uh, from him him talking to Tiger Lily and stuff about what happened Mm -hmm. in the island, like you get to see that vibrant world is still there. Like here's some of the flashbacks, Uh, Mm -hmm. and then as we go on with the new story, the color is kind of getting brought back to the world because Percy's the main boy's character's name, he's slowly starting to bring that magic back, um, albeit in a different way than everyone is expecting it to be. So it's really uh, a story that I kind of wrote uh, with a lot of it was inspired by NeverEnding Story, the idea that like, like we're kind of losing our imagination Mm -hmm. or like you know kids have that that loss there and it was i wanted to i saw my son growing up during the pandemic and dealing with all this stuff that really kids shouldn't have to be dealing with and Mm -hmm. he was kind of growing up too fast and i when in the middle of that he and i were getting obsessed with peter pan stories so I kept reading him books and watching shows and watching movies. And then uh, this kind of story kind of spawned out of that. I was just like, there's a story to be told here with kids growing up too early and trying to like
1: mm-hmm.
2: re reclaim that innocence by maybe escaping to a, a land where you can't grow up, you know? Yeah. But the, the tragedy is that he escapes there and it's not what he expected it to be. Mm-hmm. And that's, kind of the whole point of the story um it's it's the idea that that we're living in a world that's changed and maybe the new generation is the one that's going to kind of embrace the change and Mm -hmm. it is to kind of move forward and accept that you know life can still be good even though it might be a little different
1: so yeah (laughs) yeah i think this has i can just tell from looking at the art it's got i think a lot of these things that take, you know, I, this is almost too drastic an example to be, um, or too good an example to be relevant. But like when you look at those people taking Weenie the Pooh, but it's like a horror movie now, which is kind of a yeah. little edgy and ironic. Um, a lot of the things that where they're going to take something old and, and reimagine it, it goes very much the other way. Or they take some, you know, golden age character, but it's like super dark and depressing and, oh, yeah. and, and ugly. And I think this has the, uh, the idealism and the 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 good, I would say, optimism. Uh, at least, you know, not no, that there's no yeah. difficulties in the story, but it's what I like about what I'm seeing with this is that it's not... It, I think a lot of those things where it's like, well, if I like that old property, but you're giving it to me and almost subverting it completely, it's, it's like... <laughs> exactly. Whereas I, didn't I think not want this to is, do that. Yeah, yeah I, I, I feel I, like if I like that stuff, that's all still here.
2: Yeah, there's two things I wanted to avoid. I didn't want to just make a dark Peter Pan because Mm -hmm. everybody that's like the go-to like I'm just gonna make a dark version of whatever fairy tale this is I didn't want to do that I wanted it to be a new story that had the heart of the original and I wanted it to be relevant to the time that Mm -hmm. we're living in so I I just I honestly that's kind of how I write I feel like if if there's no purpose to the story that I'm telling then I I don't have the passion behind it so I wanted it to be something that had meaning to it
1: yeah i think it's a good mix of that i look at um you know like the, the last three star wars the you know the, the last trilogy they made it was like the most repetitive thing and it just mm-hmm. felt so weird and odd and like it, it really empty and that it didn't really speak to a lot of yeah uh, you, you look at the first one you get why it was a success when it was released um it was the right move for the time and even though it wasn't very much of the time uh it mm-hmm. was made and released, it It spoke to things it it fed a need that was there it it had a lot to do with it it was a response to it and i think that you look at the new ones it is just so like a dull retread it's optimistic but it's like so cotton candy-ish because it doesn't seem to really have a point Um, whereas i what i like about this is it's like all right i'm gonna take this kind of vibe i was getting during covid during the lockdowns when things just got a little weird and and really bring that through the lens i think that does revitalize the property a little bit in the characters Uh, nostalgia
2: can be tricky man nostalgia can be a tricky thing to deal with because if you just are rehashing too much of what you've already gone over then what's the point really like uh we, we take some steps and do something new like i i didn't want I first thing I did it was like, this is not going to be Peter Pan. This is this is a story about another kid, and mm-hmm. Peter Pan is actually he's not really in the story. He's he's they're looking for Peter Pan, and they're wondering why he's gone. And you kind of you get that you get the reasons why, and you you mm-hmm. it, it ties into that original story. One of my biggest inspirations for starting this was reading the original novel and just being blown away by how different it actually was from everything that i knew about peter pan because any other version of peter pan did not really show how dark and kind of visceral the story was and how peter pan is actually kind of not a hero he's kind of an awful character (laughs) in the original (laughs) story but i wanted to to kind of have that in that inject that darkness in the original darkness that, that, that Jan mm-hmm. put in there into here without, you know, maybe without the racism and stuff that's originally.
1: <laughs> yeah. You probably, the- you probably leave that out. Yeah. But,
2: you know, <laughs> well,
1: and that's the thing. If you look at God, never ending story that got dark at points or really <laughs> sad. I mean, that's, I, I think people forget that you do need those moments to anchor your story and anchor your we sell our
2: we sell our audience and our children short like i would say children are so pick pick up on things a lot more than we realize and Mm -hmm. i wanted to write this not only for kids but for parents the parents that grew up with those stories will love this because it has that heart to it and then i wanted to kind of give a new generation a reason Mm -hmm. to have a story like that again where never ending story to me when i was a kid i was just like this is a really cool adventure story and like you remember falc and you remember like the grand epic fantasy of it all and then when you're older you're like jesus this is like a metaphysical yeah deep story about us losing all of our imagination and creativity (laughs) and you didn't realize that when you're a kid you don't you don't pick up on all those things uh and then I just wanted to have something that had those layers in it and something that everyone could kind of like, you could read this. If you're an adult, you can read it and enjoy it for probably an entire different reason than a kid would pick it up and read it, but everyone yeah. can, can get something out of
1: it. Yeah. And that's, I think that's what, that's why we go back to those old movies. I don't think it's just nostalgia per se. It's those had a lot of depth. Those were like movies that were made for kids in that time period which of oh, course yeah. I was growing up, oh my god yeah they they're they're not just like I don't think people revisit them or regard them as classics uh, because we grew up with them there was layers to that there was and even when there weren't I, I look at transformers, the movie which was not citizen Kane or anything exactly um, <laughs> but I, I think that that stuck with people and that that I think that's been kind of the prime pun not intended uh, 80s franchise because of that movie because everyone like went to see this movie and Optimus Prime died and it was horrible and it was scary. And it was just like such a, uh, a memorable, vivid thing to happen that, that no other franchise did. And I, I think everyone remembers seeing it and it just kind of gets you on a different level. Um, yeah, while that was, I don't think they would have even done that again in the way they did it initially and they undid it quickly. But the, the fact that they went there and, and gave us that really what in God's name is happening moment um, is what, makes the rest of the story work, makes you like, wow, anything can happen here. This is disturbing. (laughs) There's an adult or sort of a growing up, getting used to something else aspect to that, that I think really gets under your skin and stays with you. And I think this is playing with those things really intelligently. When I was trying to put together uh, both of my series, uh, one's kind of an 80s sci-fi throwback and one is kind of a golden age um, comic book sort of done in a modern style. Uh, It was really something I concentrated on to like really say, hey, um, here's the thing I think people came here to see. Here's what people are going to like about this visually Mm -hmm. um, in terms of story conventions, in terms of pacing. But there's also got to be other stuff. Um, There's got to be a reason to come back to it while giving them all those things they came for in in an interesting way. That's not just like, you know, crapping on it. And you're saying like, oh, yeah, yeah, comics were silly or those old stories were dumb and we're making fun of it because we're much cooler than them. Um, and I think this really, there's a lot of earnestness in this, even though it does kind of go in a, not necessarily darker, but um, you know, a different direction, a more mature direction.
2: Yeah. I wanted to, you have all those characters that you're familiar with. I wanted, I like making things that they're familiar, but they're definitely different. So I wanted to give you those characters, but they've been through something that we haven't seen. And you got to get those reveals throughout the, the issue is like why is hook called Why is he even alive because it really the original book he actually gets eaten by the crocodile at the end Mm -hmm. of the book and that's like you don't get in cartoon peter pan he just runs away on the water right like he's running away
1: from from i I I haven't seen him so long
2: it's like it's just (laughs) kind of silly and like it's him running away but uh I, i love hook and i love I love Memorating Story, I love Willow. I love those epic stories where you kind of meet these quirky, fun characters along the path. Uh, Kroll was definitely like that too. Um, and I kind of wanted i wanted you to have, you have a reveal of those cool, quirky characters, And but there's definitely a vast difference in what th- their history is, has changed quite a bit. You, Tinkerbell is not the Tinkerbell we know it's like a dark shadow of Tinkerbell. But uh, you it's there's still that familiarity of you know, the world and the characters. And mm-hmm. you, you know the history enough, even if you don't know the original book, you know the history enough to, yeah, to be familiar with this.
1: Really familiar with those characters in that world. Oh, and yeah. I think there's I think that's something that people don't pay a lot of attention to. Uh, in, you know, writing or even just criticizing stories, uh, not criticizing in a negative sense, but just, you know, talking about them, whether they like them or they, they dislike them is the space between stuff. Um, like when mm-hmm. you're, I'm actually going to jump from like the first story I've done for my character August to like the last story 50 years later, um, because I partially just because I had more ideas for that one, but the more I thought about it, I was like, you know, to just put him in a very different situation 50 years later, really just activates all that space in between in a way that like, I
2: love that. It's going to make
1: everything a lot more interesting. Uh, To me, that's what made star Wars, star Wars. They just threw
2: you into it and you're like, what in what world is this? And who are these people? And you just kind of have to like, you're, you're just part of it and you have to figure it out as it goes.
1: Yeah. And and the things they never explained or showed until they, you know, ended up doing them. They were so much cooler when you just imagine what the Clone Wars were, what this was like, what that was like. Um, And I don't, not to knock it exactly, those movies, they, I think have a little more integrity than the newer ones um, in a lot of ways, but everything that they just alluded to in the first one, you're like, oh my God, that must've been so cool. And you had it in your head. I like
2: like that. Yeah. Like I love Star Wars and like, I'll take what I can get and I enjoy it for what it is, but Mm. you're, you're definitely right. Like, there's nothing like those original moment where you just like have obi-wan kenobi talking about the clone wars and you're just like what the like yeah. this, all this history great. like, what is crazy <laughs> like i want to know more about this stuff and it's like that's one of those hard things where it's like then everyone has expectations right so when mm-hmm. it actually is revealed you never really know <laughs> how it's going to yeah. turn out for an audience so yeah, but- I, I give I tried to give you bits and pieces of that in between uh, the book and now, but I don't give you everything. I, I give you, I give you why Hook is here, and I give you the the most important parts. But I still like, I want I want to have some ima- imagination mixed in there, and some I want kids and mm-hmm. parents to be like, oh, what what else? You, like what happened to? Sh- Smee, he's all gnarled up and stuff, you don't necessarily see all that. And it's like, well, he's been through some crap. Like <laughs> Yeah.
1: Well, and that's that's where your mind goes to work. I think that's there was a description on one of the extras for uh the Batman 1989 movie, and they were talking about the logo they did, which was a little more complicated than the Bat symbol uh, as it had appeared previously. Like it had this extra set of uh points on the wings, I think specifically on the bottom. And the guy was said, like, at first, I didn't like it. I was like, is that like tonsils or something? Like, I, it was a little too <laughs> complicated. It didn't instantly read as the bat symbol to him. And then he thought, and he was explaining it to me. He's like, but every time we tested it, it did really well. And people were very uh, engaged with it. And I think it's because you had to just wake your mind up a little bit to understand what it was, like in a slight way. Not that it was difficult or it was a lot of work. Mm-hmm. But your brain just <laughs> had to do a little bit, a millisecond of work yeah. to sort of figure it out. And then you're, you're slightly invested in it. And I think that's a, a thing people nice. don't really concentrate on in constructing their stories. I think you can leave a lot mysterious um, as long as you're giving the reader, I think enough to basically promise them, you're going to get a good resolution to this. Um, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm aware of how much I'm leaving in <laughs> the mystery box, so to speak, because I'm giving you a few other things um, that can really work. And I think that's what connects us to stories and characters. Um, if your pacing is good, you know, you really, you really activate people's brains and, and draw them in a little bit without just it's not shock value and it's not empty promises yeah. but it's it's hitting the right notes there and i think this really delivers um like the kind of experience you want if you like hook you know if you loved the peter pan cartoon you kind oh, of yeah. you don't want to watch it again you don't want to watch a really bad they tried to bring one back i think a few years ago with uh mm-hmm. The guy from Tron was Captain Hook, but he was a good guy. And I think Blackbeard was the bad guy. It was like going back to it, but it was a little bit of a, it wasn't right. It wasn't the right experience that you want if you want to go back to that world. And I think this kind of is the right experience for that.
2: And even Disney's new Peter Pan and Wendy, I was like, uh, I I watched it with my son because we're still on the Peter Pan stuff. Mm -hmm. and like, it's fine. It's fine. It's it's again it's retelling the original story though so it's not it's not doing anything that we don't know there's a little bit of a twist and turn with with who hook is in relation to peter pan but like like outside of that it's basically the cookie cutter story that we're all familiar with so i was just like uh it's it's fine right like newer generation maybe they need a different version of everything but Mm -hmm. that's (laughs) i mean that basically seems to be disney's formula uh oh yeah if it's been been over 20 years we need to make it again so that the new kids have
1: a new version of the same thing but yeah but a much worse i I don't think any god we tried to watch that little mermaid the other week (laughs) that was weird the crab looks so bizarre i can't imagine (laughs) That anyone thought that was a good idea. I I
2: honestly don't understand the desire for everyone to switch everything from animation to live action. To me, it should be the other way around. Like, we should be having more animated movies because honestly, if you're going to tell a lot of these stories, they work better animated than they
1: do. Yeah, 100%. Well, and I think it, it gets a little bit to what I was saying. About the story aspects earlier, and leaving a little bit to the imagination or making the the viewer oh, yeah, yeah, reader yeah. like think a little bit. when you come when you examine that from the visual aspect, that's what cartoons do. They give you a lot more of the character of these. you know I'm, mm-hmm. Lion King is the, the example I'm thinking of. They're not obviously super accurate lines in the sense that the CG ones and the one they did a few years ago was. But it's it's the character of that person comes through very clearly in the way they you exaggerate. Your the
2: live action Lion King, yeah, live, yeah. yeah. Where,
1: where Scar just like wasn't cool so, at all. He's like my favorite. Is so, weird. such a weird. <laughs> it was weird. We're
2: watching live, quote unquote, live action movies that are all CGI. It's just,
1: yeah. yeah. No, it's it was
2: animated. It's just animated.
1: It was just a such a weird experience. I'm like, you got used to it after a while, and then it, but it. I think actually, I'm it glad lost its hard because the, yeah.
2: the, the cartoon, you can have more emotion and more reaction in those faces. And when you yes. put them those faces on a live action animal, it just doesn't, it's just, it's weird. <laughs> it's There's some room work.
1: with a cartoon drawing to work with your brain a little bit to interpret that. It's, it's a impressionist. It's not an impressionistic, you know, in the sense of like brush brushes everywhere, but or brush strokes everywhere, but it's impressionist <laughs> in a sense. It's not, it, you get to decide a little bit of how you feel about that. Whereas when you look at the, the sort of discovery channel looking lions fighting each other, there's not a lot, there's no magic there. There's no, there's no work where as a kid, you're connecting what you're seeing, the drawings you're seeing with, the real thing that you know exists in the world there's there's not that space between and the space between is what really makes that happen i i look at um different artists drawing superman for instance and i think the ones that do it best actually just don't draw that much on him don't draw too many shadows or lines or features even on his face they leave it pretty open and you can kind of fill in your favorite version of superman to some extent it's not necessarily some people love the alex ross version where he's really old and he kind of looks like a face on mount rushmore uh, other people like, you know, Christopher Reeve who's really, you know, like a very different vibe. And I think you look at something like Bruce Timm's version of the character, which is really simple. Uh, you can see Schuster in there if you really want to see it. You can kind of he can play all those different parts that the character kind of needs to because they just don't nail everything down. And I think that's um, that's really a smart way to approach things um, that we have pre-existing connections to, um, yeah. which is, you know, that's kind of where you're living and breathing here with this story. Uh, and I think that's pretty smart. Well, thanks.
0: With that said, I got a question. So, so uh, how I see that you, this is your twenty second uh, or twenty third uh, Kickstarter. So how how is it different from the from number one till now? Like especially with marketing this thing.
2: Um, I have a following, <laughs> so that makes a little bit of a difference. Um, yeah. When I first. Did, got on doing this, I, had, I worked in film for about eight years uh, prior, and we had run one Kickstarter for film. So that was basically my knowledge. And I didn't really have a social media following. I didn't really have an online presence, honestly. So it was me Begging friends and family to get that first issue made, essentially, um just to get things moving. And that was like on a weird sci-fi series that I did called Alter life um, which had a bit of a niche audience to start with. but you know, uh, now I have like sure. pushing a ten thousand person mailing list, and I have twenty two campaigns of backers that um essentially i get one to 200 that return every time so uh that makes it a little easier just because i can start the ball rolling quite simply with that and then um i mean i there's things that you always have to do you do as many shows as you can do as with the energy that you have you do um as much social media pushing as you can without being too obnoxious. But, uh, you know, it's just been years of building that that following that makes the difference because people don't realize that mostly what Kickstarter is, is you bringing your audience to the Kickstarter that you're running. The people that find it on Kickstarter, it's very small percentage of who who's backing your stuff. It's really, you're bringing the audience to the table. Um, Granted, there's things like, you know, sexy books and stuff that are going to do good just because there's a lot of people on there looking for that stuff, which is fine. But it's like books like this, you kind of have to you have to know you're going to have some people helping you kind of get things moving. And it's and in all honesty, it's still a bit of a struggle for some of the books that I run. I When I run a horror book, it's pretty simple. Like there's a there's a pretty solid audience for that. I ran my uh strange stories campaign last in the summer and it was in the dead of summer like people don't re- I think people even say well, why run a kickstarter in the middle of summer like no one's gonna be paying attention but uh that funded overfunded like crazy and I barely had to do anything because it was I, between my following and just being like a horror anthology it just had the backers there but something like this, it's like fantasy. It's Peter Pan. It's a fairy tale. It's like you kind. Of, it's a bit of a niche audience, especially on Kickstarter. So it's a bit of a struggle. Um, anything that's kind of more geared towards kids, like a lot of people are gonna think that this is more geared towards kids, even though it's really for everybody. And honestly, it's more for adults than it is for kids. But uh, like, it's just hard to fund stuff. I have a kids series, Super Cats i honestly might not be doing that on crowdfunding anymore because it's so much of a struggle to get the parents of the reader to buy the book for the reader it's you're not selling it to the person that's buying it on kickstarter you're selling it to the person that (laughs) that's going to read it it, to the kid so it's like it's very it's difficult uh and we i've seen it with other people that have in comics trying to do kids stuff it's it's not it's not easy um, a lot of times if you have like a plushie or something it makes it easier but you know it's every campaign is its own beast and yeah. honestly this this time of year there's a lot of stuff on there too there's there's like almost 300 comic book campaigns running right now it's like that's a lot to choose from <laughs> uh so you never know it's a it's a you do it twenty times, and you still see new things. So, yeah. I you can never really pin it down one hundred percent. You just got to keep doing whatever it takes to get it funded.
0: I think that's true. Uh, you you like, I've al- I've always said that that one thing doesn't work for every single campaign, and and you can have an issue one, or and an issue four, and it can do something completely different in the same <laughs> series, right? Yeah, <laughs> nothing's changed. And it complete do something different, and and and, and that's and that's true. Every single Kickstarter is different, and and I don't think one thing works. You have to figure out yeah. how it's going to work when you're actually running it. That's the only way that you can figure <laughs> out if this thing's going <laughs> to is is when you're in the middle of that thing, and, and and that's the one thing that people don't really realize. I think you had it had it had it hit it on the nail there, where uh, on the head there that where you said, um. Uh, your base grow your base right and mm-hmm. and I think I might disagree just a little bit where you're where you're talking a little bit about bringing your own base right I think mm-hmm. that's great right? But for, but for somebody who doesn't who hasn't started or has never created a, a Kickstarter I think helping grow and grow your base is is a better uh, focus rather than trying to figure out okay well I need to bring my base over I think you need to grow your mm-hmm. base for, in order to bring it bring it over with you when you bring when you do stuff right because when you grow that base you think about it like a family right You, your family that you hit them up you say hey i'm doing this real this thing right and they all back you no matter what they're gonna throw money at it because it's you that's mm-hmm. the kind of base that you want to create is is a base where they're going to just throw money at it because it's you and the way you do that is by throwing money at other people and <laughs> just because it's them so so uh, so that's one of those things is that you got to do is it's kind of this give and take thing. And and you got to make sure that you insert yourself into the community and and you be amazing. Right.
2: <laughs> <Just> be awesome. <honest. laughs>
1: well, and I think that something you said about just more fundamentally the awareness you have in I'm trying to build an audience. I'm trying to build a base. Um, mm-hmm. I've heard a lot of people talk about that um but i mean i i've looked at other people going like really high goals uh, or you know just really ambitious projects at the outset uh, when mm-hmm. i was starting scarlet twilight i was like i'm just gonna do one issue i want to keep the costs as low as i can and still make sure i'm just not gonna lose money um because <laughs> i just was like i'm just this is the first time i've done this i don't have a huge following on any necessarily one social platform um and my whole goal was just like hey i want to build this on kickstarter bring people into the story and and more generally just into my work but that was the goal really um, was yeah. to just make it as easy as possible for for people to do what i hope they'll do and i think that's something that i i went to, when i've talked to people or especially when i've seen posts of people really being frustrated saying oh i'm shouting into the void but they just keep shouting into the void instead of <laughs> thinking like could i plan this mm-hmm. differently could i get help on this part of my project from somebody else um could i even just reach out to somebody for help and say hey I'm hitting a brick wall here, um, you know, like mm-hmm. keep trying something different until you find what works. You don't need to bang your head against the wall yeah. over and over again. Oh, um, but I think that comes from having realistic goals. And I think the right goals for where you're at in your, you know, in your, your status within the community, with what the books you produced um, and with the audience you've built. Um, and it sounds like you're a really good example of somebody who's done that. And, and I think been paying attention to that at every step. Absolutely,
2: man. Actually, one of the most recent things I did last year was I uh, started a group. It's kind of a little bit of a private group. I we we share it as much as we can, but it's uh, basically we do cross promotion for each other for Kickstarter, and it's it, it turned it started as just like a, a Facebook group. But now it's like this weird chat. Like we just have this ongoing chat that just is forever. And like basically, I tell people it's like just mute it when you're not running a campaign. But if you are getting close to one, bring it back because like we just we it's just like an ongoing conversation. Like hey, helping each other out with all the aspects of Kickstarters. Is
0: that what's been going off on my phone over here somewhere? (laughs) 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 <laughs>
2: <laughs> but it's like it's seriously a, been a vital resource because we have if there's 10 people in that group running at kickstarters at the same time we're all cross-promoting during updates we're sharing on social media when people are struggling it's it's yeah. just or if you're just like mentally at wit's end with running the campaign which everyone gets to that point it's about week two between week two and week three if you're running a month one yeah everyone gets to that low point where they're just like okay i'm at a brick wall like what can i do like i'm gonna feel like i'm gonna give up and then you you Mm -hmm. can jump in this chat and just be like hey can you guys shout out for me or just like maybe one of those guys will just throw uh in for helping out like the digital for a day just because you're having a slow day with no backers Mm -hmm. or something and yeah it's like just enough to get you of that motivation back and get you the ball rolling again because it's even a slog like i was telling you guys like that i've done three of these campaigns and they all went pretty smooth and then this fourth one kind of is just like slowly chugging along and i'm like man it's
1: a tough time it's just a tough time
2: and i'm like this is this is a rough time but it'll get there like I, I know that be- I should know better because I've done so many of them that just like the uptick from this point will be fine, but it's just, you, you just get in your head and it, that group that I created kind of helps, helps us with that.
1: <laughs> so, well, I, I think there's something to be said for that, not just in terms of morale or direct assistance, like you're talking about with getting shout outs of stuff, but like, you know, I've, I've been watching a lot of streams ever since I started doing Kickstarters just to, see what people are doing, what works, what doesn't. And I mean, there was a time like just for example, where Facebook ads were, I think, getting like 10 to one returns for people. It was a really good idea. Now, by the time I heard that, that was not the case. (laughs) But, you know, I think if people are talking a lot more, you're going to figure out that thing the next time, whatever it is happens and more people will be able to take advantage of it, which I think is going to, you know, grow their audiences individually and also just grow, you know, the more people that get used to buying comic books this way, I think the better mm-hmm. we're all going to do. Mm-hmm. That's the big thing. There's such a, uh, I look at even switching from Kickstarter to Zoop, and there's so many people that are like, there are a lot of people that were like, oh, I'm sorry, I just don't want to go over to Zoop for whatever reason, which I can respect. And there are people that are just like, I hate Zoop so much. And I'm like, what did Zoop do to you, dude? This is crazy. <laughs> there's, but there's a resistance to just doing anything new. Uh, yeah. not necessarily for a dramatic reason or they've been done wrong or whatever is in their heads, but just to ask somebody to do something new. Oh, I got to sign up for an account here. I don't want to do that. That's, that's the credit in. Yeah, it's, Hey Yeah. I've been doing Kickstarter enough.
2: That it used to be that I had to have in my Kickstarter, how to back a Kickstarter. Like I would put it in the bottom oh, of the yeah. thing. Like if you want to back this project, this is what you should do. Like mm-hmm. just, <laughs> because people weren't familiar with the platform and it was just like yeah. i wanted to make sure that you know i'm not i'm not begging for money here if you don't want the book don't buy it but uh yeah. you know this this is me making a product and it's become a, basically a publisher's front for making comic books yeah. and honestly if if nothing else shows that it's valid the fact that so many publishers have come to the platform to sell books because it makes more sense to test an audience yes. here than it does selling in a comic book store.
0: Now, yeah. if we can get those big, huge publishers to uh, <laughs> at least, you know, do a cross-promotion with some smaller yeah. Kickstarter yeah. campaigns that are not going I to automatically hit 30 That's to actually... Or listen... Let's let's let's. I'll, I'll put a specialized tier for fifty cents for them to back it, so that all of their people that are following them can see that they backed my campaign yeah. at fifty cents.
1: That's, That's what, uh, actually something yeah. I've never realized before. People, have, like we've talked about this, I think, a bunch of times, but like, everybody's like, "Yeah, do you, how do you feel about like the power boom putting the Power ranges on there, or you know, some of the bigger in." Yeah. I'm, I'm, my answer has always been like it, it does smell wrong to me it does feel a little weird but also i think the more people that are willing to go over they've signed it for kickstarter it's easier from the back of the next book next time Listen, they feel if like somebody to me, can
0: show me a receipt I, yes. that they cross promote promoted their yeah. kickstarter then i'll say i'm cool with them
1: being on the platform that's, but that's something my, that they absolutely should be doing yeah. in my, my only
2: issue my only issue is when you get big names and big people with big followings that don't deliver products on crowdfunding or it takes them like an extra two years and people are just like i don't want to buy crap on kickstarter well like what what's that doing to the platform it's actually hurting it at this point so it's uh, like i i anybody i'm happy if anybody gets on there to bring an audience but you have to deliver your product you can't you make sure you do your research and give the backers what they paid for you know yeah Yeah. i There shit happens sometimes let's be honest like problems happen but you still have to be honest and communicate and just not disappear into the ether of everything right so and when when you say stuff
1: happens that's true and it's more true for smaller creators or newer creators but when it's a bigger name that doesn't deliver a project and there have been a lot of them uh, people that came out of the mainstream and don't be the guy that <laughs> shit on somebody's chest either. <laughs> don't,
0: be, don't be that guy either. Don't be a don't be a dick and, and call them oh. out in public. I'm all I'm saying is
1: no. <laughs> I'm just saying like when you have bigger creators do that, there's just yeah. no you know these guys know how to put out a comic book. It's not a mystery. There's not some oh I never thought that you had to do that. Like you knew how to do this. Yeah.
2: I don't um, want to scare people from the platform, oh no, man. Like I've <laughs> that we this is where i can this is the reason i can make comics uh yeah so when someone yeah. tells me that when i actually had some backers this campaign messaged me and be like i'm done with mm-hmm. buying stuff on kickstarter and i'm so i'm not backing yours this time because i'm just done with it and i'm like well that sucks because i know it wasn't me because <laughs> I, <laughs> yeah. I i sent you the books i got the mm-hmm. i got the files to prove it man but uh it's just yeah. so it sucks, but yeah. it's they it had this happening.
1: So I mean, depending yeah. on how that's phrased, I've had a few people do that in different through different aspects of campaigns. I've always felt like if they're reaching out to tell me that, I can probably get them back. You know, like yeah, they want some attention, yeah. they want some like I'm sorry this happened to you, but I'm not. Gonna, you know, like whatever. Um, but that <laughs> well, obviously then, that's something people are the people that don't say anything to you about that that's what I worry about.
0: That's um, when you. That's when you slide them the, your email or your you you slide them that link to your to your uh your store of your website.
1: So yeah, don't think about that, that, that too. too. Absolutely. Yeah.
2: <laughs> exactly. I'll I'll just be like, well, you know, when it's finished, here's my PayPal. <laughs> right. <laughs>
0: I'll give you. I'll give you the it's an exclusive deal, man. We'll hit you up with <laughs> yeah. the first one each time. <laughs> Yeah, um I, I wanted to ask another question about, about uh about uh marketing and stuff man is uh so how and I know it's not um I know you have the the kids books and all this stuff so how do you mm. how are you go, go switching the marketing from that because you did mention a little bit you're you have to with kids books and kids and that, that world you're selling to the parents and then this you're kind of selling the story and selling like w- the products and things like mm. that how are you how how do you switch from the two, and how do you see the differences between the two? From doing it through direct market, uh, and, yeah. then, and then doing this in the in the Kickstarter.
2: So it's hard. Um, I haven't really got it down for the kids stuff. Um, I'm still kind of toying with it because honestly, my kids' books sell better than anything else that I have when I'm in person. Uh, I got to tell you, books. I own
0: I own I own them all. Honestly, <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm I'm serious. I, they're in there. And my kids love them, <laughs> and so <they're>, it's <laughs> worth awesome.
2: it. Yeah, I mean, and they're they're hitting uh, Scout Comics picked them up. They're hitting like nationwide signist user distribution next month. So it's like I'm excited to see what they do with it because the reason I want I really wanted to get those signed on somewhere is because I don't know enough about selling the kids books. Because when I got into this, like, it was just me learning how to do the sell the comics. Mm -hmm. And so it was like sci fi and horror and stuff like that. So it was basically when I was like, hey, let's make a kid's book. I basically just hit the reset button when I did that, because it was like 90 percent of the people that had backed my stuff before did not come to back kids books. So they just didn't. so is rebuilding an audience, and I didn't rebrand I, Village Comics as Village Comics because um, one of my idols is Neil Gaiman, and he he writes everything, right? He writes kids books, he writes dark horror stuff, he writes everything, and I'm like, I'm there's no reason to like have a different. I'm not going to be Caleb that writes this, and some other guy that writes that. I'm not going to rename myself, so. I was like, how am I going to do this? Um, So basically to do the super cat stuff, I had to kind of go back to the drawing board and say, well, let's ask friends and family to help with this. And then I started reaching out to just like educators I knew and bookshop owners and stuff that might be interested in carrying kids books or having me in for like readings and stuff like, hey, if you come back for a retailer tier, I'll come do a signing or something at your bookshop. And mm-hmm. it's like, it's, it's honestly just a lot more work to get those kids books funded on crowdfunding because you have to do all of that other stuff. You can't expect the people scrolling through Kickstarter to be the ones looking for super cats. So it's 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 hard. Um, it helps to have someone like Angela Oddling doing the art because really that sells it to older people just because they want the books because the art looks great it's fun it's whimsical it's a lot of people love just that cuteness that she creates with the world and the funny thing is i I did coloring books those things sell faster than anything that i have because it's that art and everyone buys them like the adults buy them and, and then the kids want them too so it's like
1: do you do those as add-ons to a campaign, or do you just sell those separately completely? I started them
2: as an add-on, but now they're actually going to be part of the box set thing that Scout's releasing okay. in October. So it's like you're going to get like the full how to read. with You basically learn to read with comic books through Super Cats, and then you get the coloring mm-hmm. book thrown in as a little bonus. But uh, yeah, I did that as like an add-on I think during like the third or fourth book. And then we, I did like a remastered version on the last one we did and expanded it and add all kinds of more fun stuff to color. And then Scout was like, hey, why don't we do that too? Because coloring books sell, man. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, they do. I'm out of them. So. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: you know, I, I was wanting to do that for my last for August campaign because it was a, it's kind of an 80s throwback. It's a combination of like, all the 80s cartoons and Star Wars and things I liked as a kid. And I, I had a plan for a coloring book and you did a, a cover. And I just couldn't. I'm like, oh, I got to get a whole another book printed up. The margins are going to be really thin on this as it is because it, you know, like it's just a tough time to launch a book. Yeah. So I didn't pull the trigger on it. But I'm starting to the wish beauty, I
2: had. The beauty of the coloring books, man, is this is a lot cheaper to print because it's just all black and white. And I even made the cover coloring book. So it was like black and white from front to back. So it's like... <laughs> Yeah,
1: <laughs> Cost so. effective. <laughs> I, should have, I should have uh should have flipped the coin the other way, I guess.
2: <laughs> it's still There's there. Still it's time. still, still books time. We'll yeah. still sell I promise you. <laughs> Very
1: cool. <laughs> yeah, awesome stuff. So I mean, I really I love seeing a book like this cuz I like I said before, I think this really um, obviously, you've got backers who have been with the story for the first three issues, um, who I hope are invested. Um, but I think this is a really, I see so many, there's so much Cthulhu, there's so much Wizard of Oz, there's so much <laughs> Peter Pan, what have you. Um, I think this, and then a lot of those are really good. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I think not, I'm not pointing those negative examples, but there's so much of it. And I think this is a a really good example of reinterpreting that in a way that gives you what you want if you're into it. But also, you're not just getting a reimagining that's just a little bit different artwork, a little bit edgier characters, but not substantially different. I think this is a really good, uh, a really good way to approach something like this to give you Thanks. enough mystery and, and also everything you loved about about what you know Peter Pan or any of the yeah. stuff before.
2: And there's, here's the beauty of this. I have the first issue on the Kickstarter page. You can click the link and you can read the first issue for free. You can read the whole first issue. I'm confident enough that if you like this type of story and you read this, you're going to want to read the rest of it. Like it's the way that I made this story that that first one gives you enough mystery and magic that you just gonna be like, okay, I'm, I'm in for this. Like I need to see where this goes. So I put, I was like, we're at number four. I think we can let people read the first one and it's not going to give away too much without you know, we're not going to ruin the story, but we're definitely going to inspire some backers to want to come be a part of this.
1: Cool. Yeah. I think this, you're an example of somebody who's, I think, taking the right approach, um, you know, at every turn, you've got the right attitude towards building an audience, (laughs) the right attitude towards uh, really like all comes down to, I got some really great sales advice from my, my business partner when I was like 20 Um, and he said like, he was the guy in our, our studio that always was out there making the sales, thinking up the projects, going with clients and stuff like that. And he said, it really just comes down to how can I make it easy for them to do what I hope they'll do. And and <laughs> I think that's something I think about every time I'm doing a campaign or put something together. Yeah. It, it's easy yeah. to lose track of that. It sounds deceptively simple, but if you apply that to every step, and I think, you know, by putting issue one out there during this campaign, you know, you're making it as easy as possible for somebody to, 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 Take one more step towards towards backing this campaign, mm-hmm. uh, which is just—that's exactly what you got to do.
2: Thanks, yeah, man. I'm tr- I'm trying. I feel like once you break the uh, the the twenty mark, you should better have figured something out by now. Or else <laughs> <am> I, doing? <laughs> yep.
1: I hope so. Yeah, I think you have. <clears throat> Well, cool. um, so everybody watching this, um, if you're watching it now or you're going to watch it later this week, um, check out the link in the description. You can get the campaign page. You can check out issue one. You can check out all the great artwork, uh, all the great extras. And uh, I hope you'll give this uh, book a shot. It's really cool.
2: Yep. Very cool. Well, thanks. Yeah, thanks for having me. And let me talk about all the crazy toss- turns of Kickstarter, man. It's, it's been a trip.
1: <laughs> no, it's it's good to hear I'm I learn a lot too so hey all good. <laughs> thanks for coming on Appreciate so I think we're going to talk a little bit um and Caleb you can stick around if you want but um yeah. we're going to talk about some other books um that are live right now or upcoming um I'll throw it over to you Joey
0: yeah um uh for right now I've got a couple ones I don't know if you still have if you have the links over there I don't think I, I shot them over to you <laughs> my bad but first one, I want to talk about territory um territory is let me see I, I have it pulled up on my side over here but i i totally i'm off now because i was looking at caleb's and i <laughs> and i was and i'm now i'm not prepared because i was looking at his books. <laughs> <laughs> um so anyway territory is a is a book about about kaiju you guys like kaiju right oh, um nice. everyone my knows. my buddy uh my buddy blake uh, McCarthy, he's got a book out called Territory. He's got four issues out right now, and he's kickstarting these four first issues here. Um, and, and so it's the fourth installment of a, a five issue mini that he's doing. Um, this is going to be t- uh 22 pages of a post apocalyptic kaiju story set in a far distant Pacific Northwest of, uh, of the United States, where uh, the ancestors tell a story where civilization was wiped from the earth in a nuclear fire long ago. And, and basically what happens is after that happens, uh, the, the, the animals just grow out of this crazy nuclear uh, fire, right? And uh, and they grow into these big, huge, crazy-looking kaiju. Uh, and he's got some really great-looking artwork here uh, from a handful of really great artists. Um, he's got one from uh, Chris Sassman, and he's got this really gorgeous-looking one from, uh, from Mars Attacks here uh this this uh gorgeous looking uh, uh neon cover here that we were looking All at right. now and it, and he it's what's really cool about this campaign is he's he's really leaning in towards the uh towards the neon colors. so what he's doing is he's got a black light activated glow metal cover and he's going to be doing that that uh nice. really cool looking neon cover and uh those, that thing looks so bad um but yeah, it's, it, this is the first one up I just wanted to talk about here. Um, uh, very, very cool stuff. Um, this is one of the projects mm-hmm. that uh, that we are are affiliated with, so I just want to let you guys know that we are working together with these guys running this campaign here. And we are about, uh, let's see, about a couple weeks left. We got 11 days left. Um, he's almost close to 3000 and he's got a $4,000 goal. Oh, nice. So um, this
2: is a good awesome. spot
0: really gorgeous looking book here um he's been around the block for a little bit he's done four four different uh this is his fourth uh campaign now this is going to be his most successful campaign if we can get it past uh uh, the goal we already have more backers than he's ever had in any campaign here which is really cool so um we this is one that we really really want to get across the finish line so 11 days left to help this one uh get across that finish line and hit some of these
2: stretch goals i would Uh, say bag it Cause it's gonna get there. It's gonna get there. Eleven days. Yeah. You got it. You got. It.
0: Yeah, this one's this one's gorgeous looking, and and there's no way that this one can can. we got another one here that is called, um, Stay Cool. Uh, this one's from another one that we are, are working with as uh as a Canadian uh, uh fellow we know. Um, his name is Adriano, and he's got this book called Stay Cool. What this one is 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 about is um, it's about a a uh a detective. Uh, she she uh goes investigates this kind of this black site, this this science science labs spot, right? And they this black ops kind of spot, and, and a uh, black site. And they, for some weird reason, her colleagues start to burst into flames into spontaneous combustion, and so she has to figure out what's going on with this, and and uh, she has to do this before before time runs out. Uh, so it's really gorgeous looking book too, um, crazy looking interiors, uh couple different really uh fun looking uh covers here um this one is already funded so uh everybody who is going to back this one is going to be getting uh getting the books um so really cool looking stuff here man um,
2: adriano back in over 500 campaigns yeah huge? he is a super wow.
0: backer he, he like he doesn't play games he doesn't play games with this stuff man yeah he's, uh, he really loves this this, this this and then this is one of those things where where I was talking about, you know, if you really want people to, to to back you, you, you know, take care of the community, too. And this guy knows what he's oh, doing
2: yeah. when it comes to that. I would say one, that's one of the things I've been doing is, like, you set aside a little nugget of money and just, like, yep. back as many things as you can while your campaign's going. Say, hey, you want to do a shout out? I'll do a shout out for you. And it, you all help each other, you know yeah we're Rising working tie, budget, right? right you
0: can work mm-hmm. that into a budget if you can
2: oh yeah yeah put a h- uh, hundred bucks will get you a long way if you just digital everybody right like <laughs> <laughs> right yeah, yeah. yeah and that's
0: and that's and that's what it's all about right like just drop a dollar on there like everybody exactly. you got a
2: hundred bucks just try, it, it, helps, it helps it yeah. helps boost those numbers it helps show mm-hmm. that more people are backing stuff and into things exactly
0: and hits all your 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 followers and lets them know that that you're you're yep. back in this one too um, i mean honestly
1: and- i'm all digital nowadays anyway so that's yeah. that's yeah. how i consume comics these days but yeah it's a, and then it's we've a got
0: the orchard um uh, this one this one really needs some help here this is a brand new creator um a band, brand new there this is their first campaign and it was a $5,000, $200 goal. They're only $273 in on this one. And it's 13 days to go. Um, this one uh, follows a handful of uh, super-powered people. And they this facility called The Orchard kind of wants to oppress them, right? And kind of like, you know, you know, take advantage of them and their powers. So this is kind of them. This is kind of like, you know, think of like, like New Mutants, right? um Mm -hmm. like that movie that they dropped out when they were in the in the like have to escape this place think of something like that so this is the orchard got some really cool looking covers really great uh uh looking tears and stuff there but they need some help on this one because uh they've uh only got 13 days to go and they got quite a ways Mm -hmm. that they're only about five percent funded on this one and they're they're a bunch of they're a great group and and uh, this is their first campaign, but they are, you know, that's, that's one of those things where it's really hard, right? Mm-hmm. You um that's, don't have much of a following. Hard, right? hard to yeah. get. The biggest start. thing
2: is that first, that first breakthrough. Mm-hmm. It, it honestly might be one of those things. Get as much as you can now. And if you have to mm-hmm. hit that reset button, then you've got those yeah. people that you can just build that, build the snowball, man. Like that's the best you can do. And, Thirteen days—it's going to be a, a trip to get that, but it's not. I've not seen it. I've seen people raise that in a couple days. Right. too Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so, you so we never can get never a miracle. <laughs>
0: we can get a Kickstarter
1: miracle,
2: right? <laughs> yeah. This this is
1: a book that should be doing a lot better. I love this cover yeah, image. Oh, yeah. this, those character sketches are really sharp. Um, yeah, I think the interior really is pretty great. solid. And yeah, uh, it,
0: it's it's it. This is a book that really like really should should be funny because of the, the the synopsis right and and the way that this this is kind of gives you this feel of like this kind of like a new mutants kind of world uh that at least the movie you know in the movie plot where they're stuck in that asylum so this is kind of gives you that feel right and uh, it, I, I think they just need a little bit of help on that one um yeah. th- that's that's all we got live right now but we do have a handful that are gonna be coming up um we have one from um band of bards that is going to be dropping called uh, you guys have seen their, their anthology, the anthology that they did. It's from the static. Um, they dropped it out in the direct market. They also did another Kickstarter, but they had a situation where there was some mistake pages that were printed. So, and, and unfortunately they had to, you know, <laughs> it, it, was, it was a big mistake. So now they've corrected those pages and they're going to be running back another campaign. And this one's going to have a little bit more of a premium look to it. It's going to have some 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 metal covers, some new brand new covers, uh, and some really good looking um, hollow foil covers and metal covers and, oh, nice. and standard covers. Uh, very cool stuff. Uh, they're still talking behind the scenes on what they're going to kind of bring out for everybody. But it's going to be a really fun campaign.
1: Is there a pre launch for that up, or is that still in the plan? Uh, yeah, there is
0: a pre launch for that. Okay. It is uh, from the static, it's called From the Static, a Horror Anthology from Band of Bards. Um, I don't see if I, I, I have it's um geekcollective.net slash uh, bards. So if you want to go there, um, and then so that's one there. If we want to, if, if everybody wants to check that out, it's just a pre launch page up right now um sorry i didn't send you all the links to these
1: (laughs) they're not that hard to find oh and i remember this they use the same fonts i did for scarlet twilight i remember this
0: one (laughs) um right (laughs) and then we got another one called incident report this one's uh geekcollective.net slash adm comics um incident report one and three one through three uh this is another like here's a there's a really fun little theme that's going on right now in kickstarter with um these different kinds of takes on superhero, uh, the superhero genre. Um, this is another kind of superpowered kind of people, um, but this is more of like a grounded kind of feel where superpowered people aren't really—they don't go out and like you know, you know, save people or fly around and do things. They actually <laughs> just have regular everyday jobs, but they just happen to have superpowers, right? So that one's that one's up, um, now. Nice. Uh, that one's up for pre-launch as well um and then we've got one for pre-launch from our friends uh, over at um oneshi press it's called cohorts it's it's also an anthology um and this one uh i should probably know a lot more about this one but they just launched it up uh, not too long ago but they've uh, they've they've this is their 13th anthology successful anthology oh. um uh, and uh it's 17 short comics from a diverse create, um, amount of creators from all over the world uh cohorts so this is one that they uh got in pre-launch as well right now um this is a really cool one then and, and onash press they put out all kinds of really great stuff they're, they're always yeah, running.
2: gotten some of their anthologies before it's good stuff good stuff yeah
0: and then uh, one another one that we are in uh that we're involved both me and um ben are, are running this one is uh don't push the red button. And this is a really cool anthology that our, our buddy Oscar Sario is running. Um, He's got a a handful of really great looking creators that are, that are um, behind this one. Um, It's, it's a, um, it's a 100 page anthology where um, the uh, idea is if you were offered to press a red button and win a lot of money, but one person would have to die. Would you press that button? So that's that's what kind of within this uh anthology, there's going to be 11 different stories from all kinds of different creators. We got Mario, uh, uh, from uh, he does what does he do? He does all kinds of different stuff. Let me pull this up. Um, let me go behind the scenes here so I can see, give you guys all the all the creators that we have here. We have a really gorgeous looking cover from Fantas- uh Uh, francesca fantini uh, and then we also have another uh cover that's going to be coming from leona kangas as well um so we have um uh, travis gibb and his team he's got jerome and gambit and his wife uh, doing some editing there uh we got a mario mario candelaria on this one um so many different great great creators marcus on naso uh marcus on ignacio uh del miglio is on here we got Leonardo Nicholas Nicholas uh, Nieto, um, Dan Brady, and uh, I'm gonna mess everybody's names up because they're all really awesome names.
1: But check it out,
0: <laughs> you guys want to go and check this one out because it's a really cool looking uh, 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 campaign here, and uh, the the synopsis to the story was freaking cool. Even I, even I uh, submitted a story, but I, they were he was like, you know, what? I'm not gonna pick you because you're helping me with this thing no just kidding um he, he could only there was literally there was hundreds of people who like submitted stories to this and he could not cut it down to like 11 so he really had to pick 11 so i think what he did was he picked i think he picked everybody but he just said this is volume one he's, he's not telling me this is just me assuming that's the conversations that we had on the back end but i think he like picked everyone and he's got like his volume set out so because he did mention to me about a volume two so <laughs> so nice. there could be a pot so there possibly could be a volume two in the works
2: uh well, let's, so let's hope this sure. goes well then <laughs>
0: yeah, we got 24 followers now so make sure that we do this and it's it's actually underneath uh underneath our our uh kickstarter page so people please make sure that this one gets funded so that it looks like that we're doing a good job please
2: <laughs> so,
0: uh and we are and and i have to credit Benjamin because he's really he's really uh, coming through on this one as well helping me um take take some of the workload off of my back on that one too so i appreciate that um for now that's all that i got if, if you got any guys got any ones that you guys want to mention that you guys are checking out um please feel free to do so
1: yeah I, I was hoping to have some new work to share this week but i didn't have a lot of drawing time so maybe next week for that new scarlet twilight cover we will see <laughs> very cool very cool.
0: and and if you guys want to check out any other kickstarters please follow me on social media i'm always posting out about all these different creators that uh that are in the community we don't even they don't even have to pay me to do it <laughs> and, and, <laughs> That's awesome. I, I do like i do like the, the well thank the, you doing this but (laughs) i i i I make sure that i uh you know get help everybody with you know posting out and all that good stuff too because you know that's that's if you can't that's the one thing you can do right if you cannot help out monetarily a share or a or or word of mouth is kind of is is the best way possible to get somebody that
1: to check out a new book absolutely absolutely um i guess with that the only other thing we want to mention is um, through Geek Collective, if you are starting a campaign, and you're planning out, you can't forget your shipping. Um, we have a deal where you can get 10 off your mailers at Geek Collective 10, or at Gemini Comic Supply. Use the code Geek Collective 10. Um, that makes a difference. Those things, the cost can really get up there. And I'm telling you, people always complain when you try and get away with the folded envelope or the
2: Please Plastic use the
1: Gemini it, mailers. Don't please. get away with it. It doesn't
0: work. Um, <laughs> and do I think I saw know, the other, today talk. on on X. Uh, I I saw the creator of I think Magic Powder. I think said I think they said that they used this little this uh three different times and it saved yeah, their butts. I saw so, that. So very cool. So so nice. and listen, guys, use this code. I, listen, I want to, I want to, I want them to see that we're actually using this and it's actually happening right so that they can bump it up to 15, right? That would be cool, right? So nice. I want to get you guys a 15% off deal. And, and so let's, let's make sure that we are using this as much as possible so that we can get that, guys, for you. Cause this is not, this this and it, and we do get paid for this because this it is an affiliated code. But what we do is we put it right back into the show, right back into the uh, the network and the and the creative studio that we have going on so that we can continue to do this kind of stuff for you guys. And it kind of funds
2: this show. I'll be it using it. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it saves you I mean, money,
1: man. Gotta
2: use mailers, man. You gotta use them. Yeah, you think you might
1: get away with it, but it's not going to work. People will not only complain; they'll post about it online. It's just not worth. You got to plan it out. So, I've done
2: both, so (laughs) I know.
1: I've thought about it, but I ended up uh, when I had to send stuff out, still have a few Gemini mailers, and they. They also work pretty good for when the sun comes in this window in the middle of the day. I can just throw a couple up there, <laughs> so I'm getting a lot of use out of that. I think. Hey, it and check this one. out. Like,
0: listen, I'm I'm a guy who backs Kickstarters, and I like to get books, right? So, I, I'm okay with you guys reusing the Gemini mailers too. Like, I'd rather you send a reused oh, yeah. Gemini ma- Gemini oh, mailer than not sending it in a Gemini. Hundred percent, absolutely. That's
2: how durable them suckers are, man. You can use them yeah. over and over again.
0: Yeah, <laughs> no, just make sure that nobody else's address is on there. <laughs>
1: yeah, no, that's that's important. Yeah, you got to do that. Yeah. That's the good movie. tip. We're saying. Well, yeah, I
2: definitely. think
1: that is going to do it for us. Um, if you're watching now, thank you. If you're going to watch it later this week, thanks for checking it out. Um, please go check out some of these great books we talked about, and absolutely go check out The Neverland. Um, I think it's a great new step forward with the Peter Pan mythos. If you're into that, um, it's got a lot for adults, a lot for kids. Uh, And I think this is a really intelligently planned out comic that looks like a lot of fun and gets you everything you want from a story like this. So go check that out and come back next week to see another great book and talk with us about comics. So Caleb, thanks again for coming on. It was great to meet you of course. And uh, everybody watching, thanks for checking it out. We will see you next week.